Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. Am I the only one that is somewhat confused by these tiebreaker scenarios when it comes to the ACC championship game? I mean, it's pretty clear Louisville goes and wins, then they'll be in. Of course, when I say win, I mean when they you know, when they take on take on Miami this weekend. But I guess they could lose, and there's some other things. But I'll, I'll uh, like right now the ESPN FPI gives Louisville a 96.7 percent chance to be in the ACC championship game, with North Carolina having a 3.1 chance percentage chance, and then Virginia Tech has a 0.4 chance. So, um, you know, I. I'll get the actual breakdown because I did have somebody send it to me earlier that tells you the specifics. But it's, I mean, even when I read it aloud, I'm like, this is this is just confusing. So hopefully it doesn't matter. Louisville just goes and wins against Miami, and then it's all taken care of. All right. So if you if you are just now joining us, uh, we do have an early spread for the Governor's Cup game, which of course both teams have a big game before then because Kentucky, I mean, a loss to South Carolina when they're having such a disastrous year. I'm telling you, man, that would. I mean, I don't think he's going to get fired, clearly. But, like, I think at that point, Mark Stoops would be going into the Governor's Cup game with the, hey, you better win or we're going to call it like it is and say that you had a very bad season. And after you got paid, you took a step backwards. So we'll see. But uh, anyways, the game next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, of course, the Governor's Cup game, we will not know the the kickoff time for that one for uh, for a while because there's that flex um scheduling that that these leagues do so we're going to find out this after the games this weekend as to when Louisville and Kentucky are going to kick off I know it sucks especially for those trying to make plans and arrangements that kind of stuff I'll say it once more I've said it a million times it is insane that college football does this when they want you know it's it's not the schools by the way right it's not UofL or UK or anybody you know you you, you want people to buy tickets and invest in your program and come out and let's be real people have lives the game, if it's at 8 or 7.30, may be doable. If it's at noon, not so much. And I just, you know, I don't know why they need to take this long. It's one thing to even, I mean, I think it's bad enough to to give us, what is it, a like a 10-day window or a 13-day you know, window, 12-day window, whatever it is. That's initially what it is. But now they're not going to tell us until, I guess, Saturday night or Sunday when that game is going to be played the following week. So we'll see. We uh, We shall see. All right, if you are just now joining us, we also have talked, as you could expect, a lot about UofL basketball. Um, you know, a couple of calls um, talking about that that subject specifically, meaning Louisville basketball. If you missed the postgame show on Friday, I mean, I didn't say anything that you probably would be surprised by. But, I mean, to me, the evidence has been there since day one that this might have been a mistake. I mean, you knew it was going to be a risk, but any hire you make us a risk for a certain reason. But, I mean, I think the the signs that this was a disastrous move have been pretty glaring really since about this time a year ago and he had 
a, a second year that I think he was always going to get. And you could make the case the team's worse, in a worse position. I think the roster's more balanced. I mean, I don't know if I believe they're more talented than they were a year ago because I'm somebody that actually thinks they do. They did have some decent to good players. And in fact, those players I'm uh, referencing are doing well at their other schools, which we can get into that too, by the way. So look, the, I think at this point, it just comes down to, are they going to do it at the end of the year? Are they going to do it now or, or you know, in January? And, and, and your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. But when it comes to who would take over, keep in mind, interim coaches rarely ever come from outside. Now, Louisville is in a unique position where they do have, I mean, David Padgett's not going to do it, and I'm not even, I don't think they would ask him, but I know people are mentioning that. Obviously, Mark Lieberman, who I know and and, and respect, I think he's a good coach, um, but I don't, I just, I have a hard time thinking that that's actually something they would go through and do, but what do I know? I have no clue. So, one thing I do want to say, though, is that if, in fact, they do make a move, and I said this earlier, if they were to fire Kenny on Friday after that game, I mean, I think some people would have been shocked, but it would have been, it would have been, that reaction I think would have been big picture, meaning like, wow, this dude, it was that bad. And man, they moved on from him just a couple of games into his second season and he only won four games. Like, I just don't, and even if you did get criticism from people that said Louisville did the wrong thing, they didn't give this guy a chance, it wasn't fair, this and that, whatever they're going to say, we all know that they're misinformed and they don't realize how bad it is and that Louisville basketball should never be in this position. So, I know that was a talking point last year. It's like, man, if you get rid of Kenny Payne after one year, you'll never get another coach to come in because they'll feel like they're not going to have any time. I don't know who the candidates are going to be if and when this job opens up, but I can tell you this. They're not going to look at Kenny's position and say, oh, man, they didn't. Kenny was doing great, and they fired him. What are they going to expect from me? With respect, I think Kenny Payne and his head coaching ability is currently viewed, and I'm not talking about just college basketball fans. I'm talking about people in college basketball, coaches, analysts. People who like work for the television networks, right? They call these games. They get a chance to be around practices and walkthroughs and all that. I don't think they're doing it in a mean way, but Kenny is the biggest clown of a coach in the country as far as just how bad things are. And he's never once acted as if he has any responsibility for the team winning. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but hey, don't don't they don't they didn't they tell you this, Hunter? That Sports radio, a lot of speculation. It's the speculation business. That's what we do. So we can, we can certainly speculate, but I mean, I don't I don't have a clue if they're actually going to do any. Because I will say this before we get back to the phone lines, I don't know if in fact there is any real value in doing it before the season ends, other than just you know to end it. But you'd still probably find yourself in a position where your team, like you're still not going to be good. I wouldn't think, but I don't know, maybe not. Because again, I still think you have some decent pieces on this team. When it comes to talent. So we'll see. All right, 502 571 7900 is the number. If you guys want to join us, let's go back to the phone lines. We welcome in John. John, you're on Sports Talk 790, and you're, are you in, are you in the back of a pickup truck? You're very loud. Am I still loud? No, you're better now. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, I really didn't like you uh, for a while last year, uh, but um, what you have said is spot on. Um, I think you know basketball. Uh, I know you're not at practice every day, but I think that this is a situation that's way past uh, its time. Do we have as a university the money to pay Petrino, pay Patino, pay Max, and pay what Kenny Payne will have left on his contract? And do we 
wait until conference season when the M Center is 5,000, 6,000 to figure out that, hey, I think people aren't coming anymore and we need to make a change. Love the show. I'll hang out. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, John. Um, did he say he didn't like me? <laughs> he did. He, he said he used to. Not anymore. Used to. Okay. I, di- I didn't, you know, first of all, we went to the phone lines and I swear I feel like he was just riding in the back of somebody's pickup truck going down 65, <laughs> probably going faster than I was when I got pulled over earlier. Um, and then it, it got better. And then I, I think, I mean, it's, I know, I know there are plenty of people that listen that don't like me. I know there are plenty of people out there that, that, that don't listen and don't like me. I'd like to think that, you know, they don't really know me, but even if you do know me, you don't like me, you know, whatever, I'm sorry. But that's just, I don't think I've ever had anybody start a call like that, where it's like, hey, um, I didn't like you, but, you know, you're spot on, this and that, which, you know, it's whatever. That, and look, that's that makes me uncomfortable because I, I the last thing I want is people who were nasty about it, to anybody, not just me, I mean, to acknowledge, like, you know what, because even if, even if people disagree, we should never be ugly towards each other, and I did give a little bit of a monologue about that earlier, about how I just think this is what happens with fan bases that are in this kind of position, where things are just that bad. Um, but yeah, back to the money thing. I mean, Bob, I think Bob, Bobby's already been paid. Uh, Jurich has already been paid. Rick Pitino didn't get any money. Rick Pitino was fired with cause. If you remember, he filed a lawsuit, then dropped it. So Mac, um, Mac didn't get a, I mean, he did get money when he walked away and I don't know the specifics as far as, I don't know if the specifics as far as, um, you know, did he get it lump sum? I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is that this currently is not sustainable as far as the amount of people not showing up, the money they're losing. I don't know the exact numbers. I'd never pretend to be somebody that understands the financial component of attendance and Louisville basketball and, and, and you know how much they rely on it. Clearly, they rely on it, but how much, I really don't know. But with all that said, I mean, it, 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 it comes down to is it a, is it a, is it a situation where you can – can you can you afford not to make a move, right? Because again, having I mean, people are saying five six thousand people. There aren't five six thousand people there. I mean, I don't know what they announce. I don't know what what the ticket sold is, but there's not that many people at these games. There just isn't. So, anyways, five zero two five seven one seventy nine hundred is the number. If you want to join us, let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in Cody. Cody, you're on Sports Talk seven ninety. What's up? Hey Nick, what's happening, man? Um, this just seems even crazy to say because it's Louisville basketball, but I know what you said about like how the end season firings and stuff like that would work, but Nick, if they lose to Coppin State, that's the worst team they play that's left on their schedule, and I'm almost positive they were preseason worse than UNBC. So if I mean if they lose to Coppin State, like it, I mean it's over, like the experiment's over, it's terrible. I mean, he's, yeah, he's but but, go. but Cody, 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 I want to. You're not wrong about like Coppin State and how bad they are. They're they're one of the worst teams in Division One, and there's nearly 400 of them. But I, here, here's what, you know, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but it, it irritated me and I didn't really know what to do with it whenever you beat UMBC by one and people acted like that was like that, okay, he won. Like, even if he wins, like, in my opinion, Kenny can beat Coppin State by 30 and nothing will change for me. And I'm kind of just thinking maybe other fans will say, okay, maybe the maybe the Chattanooga game was a fluke. And, you know, I don't I don't believe that. Oh, and I'm, no. not, I'm not sure people do, but no. I just, I think this is what oh, we're in no, for. Nick, I, I can 
I completely agree with you. I mean, if they win, I mean, like, I mean, it's kind of, I'm, I mean, in a, in a way, I guess it's kind of unfair. It's a lose lose for sure. him. He's underperformed so far. Yeah, well, and, I, and, wins, I, and I think it's say, well, it, look, got the talent. You're right. It's a lose lose for him, Cody, and that is unfortunate. But I think it's a lose lose for him because of the situation that he's put himself in. And not saying that everything is on him, but he's the coach here at Louisville with good players, and they have countless losses it seems to teams like this and that's i think why it's turned into a lose-lose right i mean you know you're, you're, no, you're going to be held accountable i'm not going to hold you up forever i know you got people waiting but the fact that we even have to talk about losing at home to coppin state is that i mean that, that's the problem right there nick yeah. i mean thank god we got brown brother that's all i can say <laughs> i'll hang up and listen thank I love you cody everybody. appreciate you yeah and look if if Louisville comes out and looks good and they beat Coppin State whenever we do the postgame show, you know what? I'm going to say that. But it doesn't – to me, it doesn't – and I don't even know. If, if, if you were – after the first two games, one weekend, if you were that low, I guess, on you know where things are with Louisville basketball under Kenny and you felt like, okay, this is over, it's got to end soon or whatever – I don't know how anything against Coppin State would change your mind just because there's – I mean, there's just not a whole lot of – and to be fair, it's one of those games that should never be on the schedule. I'm not going to be critical of it being on the schedule this year because I understand they needed to rack up wins, and this is certainly one that I feel like you're going to have to try to lose. But just by playing this team, you're going to fall substantially in the net rankings, Ken Palm, all that kind of stuff, just because of how bad they are. So, But again, I think these teams are on the schedule because of you had four wins last year. you got to go find some cupcakes, and that's exactly what Coppin State is. All right, 502-571-7900 is the number if you want to join us. Let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome in, Jim. Jim, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's up, man? Hey, Nick. How you doing, man? Doing well. I, uh, I agree with pretty much everything you've said in your evaluation of, of Kenny Payne as, as, uh, his, as a coach and his abilities or lack thereof. Uh, one thing I do disagree with you on, though, is uh, – you said you didn't necessarily think there'd be any value in cutting him loose now versus waiting till the end of the season. If I heard you correctly, I, if if that is correct, I, I completely disagree. We need to cut bait now. the The value in it is that by doing so, we're showing, and we're I say we. The Louisville administration is showing that they understand the, the gravity of the situation, how bad it is, and the simple fact that the fans are not accepting this. And it would send a message to the, to the fans and even the team that, hey, we're not just giving up on this season. This isn't working. We know it now. It's proven to be the case. And it, it, it's time. It's time to change. You know, it, the old definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. He's not getting any positive results. And it, it's it's time. I, I mean, there, the, you know, it'd be one thing if you were seeing any signs of improvement the worst thing that could happen now to the last caller's point is for us to beat Coppin State and give them any thought that yeah. this is going to get anywhere near to the level we want it to be this is ridiculous and my last thought and I'll shut up and let you respond is I call out to all real L fans like I consider myself to be any call-in show like this what have you call in and express your dis 
displeasure, your dissatisfaction with this situation. Because Kenny Pay may not listen to this show or any other show, but people do. And people in that administration know what's being said. And the more voices that call out, the sooner we can we can rip this Band-Aid off and be done with it. So- Thank you for the call, Jim. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, look, to answer your to, – to, to respond real quickly on the – I mean, I never said I would be against it. I just – I don't know what – you would say, okay, you know. In fact, I can give you why I think there may be value in getting rid of Kenny um, before the season ends, or maybe doing it like soon. And I think it's because the the players deserve better. But then again, I know there are some people that think, you know, and look, the players need to take some accountability as well. But I think it's been pretty obvious that, you know, they're they're not out there just completely mailing it in. They just don't even really know what to do. Like they're poorly led. Um, so. I, I wouldn't, trust me, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't say they made a mistake by any means. I don't think, I I mean, I wouldn't have said they made a mistake if they got rid of Kenny after one year. It's just, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the, you know, if you had a, if you had a staff where you thought, okay, this guy, man, he can really, really just, just hand him the reins and, and it'll be different. And that may happen, but like, I don't get that confidence with Danny Manning by any means. And it could be Nolan, but I don't think you would go that route because Nolan is not technically next in line. Danny is. So, um, you know, but but your point is well made, Jim, in regards to the, you know, the overall like, hey, it would send a message that we are, you know, as an administration, we're acknowledging to this fan base that, of course, we are very appreciative of one of the most passionate, supportive fan bases in college basketball. This is us letting them know that we we know how bad it has gotten and we're doing something about it. I mean, so... I just have a hard time, man. I'm so 50-50 on if they would actually do that or not. I just don't know. I just don't know if they would actually do it before the end of the season. But if they did, I certainly wouldn't think it was a big mistake, and I wouldn't be against it. So I guess when I said I don't know the real value, I guess I'm just trying to put myself in their position, what would really be the benefit to them. And I think it would be, you know, I think the benefit is to to, to acknowledge to your fans that you've accepted that this is not good enough and you're going to make a change. But, you know, I don't know if they see it that way. I would hope they do. Meaning, when I say they, I mean the administration. All right, we're up against it. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break real quick on the other side. I know Jerry's been holding patiently. We've got some other people as well. So if you want to stick with us, we'll get to you guys on the other side. It's Coffee and Company. We are Fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. Now back to Coffee and Company, Fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502 502- 571-7900. I always feel the need to really clarify when I say this, but last year's team was not constructed uh, or in any way elite with talent, especially for what has typically always been the Louisville standard. But I'll maintain that they had some good players that should have been far better than what the record was. Uh, and honestly, you know, I know that the cloud was still there in regards to NCAA. Maybe that's why Kenny didn't have any other guards on his roster. But, you know, there's not even a whole lot of evidence they went after many of them, to be honest with you. But anyways, the guys that have moved on, um, Sidney Curry, he's playing 17 and a half minutes per game against Grand, at Grand Canyon. He's having, he's averaging 12 and a half points and five and a half rebounds. In fact, he was seven of seven in their win last night. L. Ellis. Uh, playing 28 minutes a game, averaging double figures, 10.5 points, three and a half assists, three rebounds. Kamari Lands also playing about 28 minutes. He's averaging 12 and a half points. So, um, you know, I don't bring it up to say, hey, see, I told you so. But, you know, last year's team should have been a lot better. And I think coaches 
that, you know, I guess have the acumen and, and, and are decent even, not even great, but decent, could have got you better results. So um, this year, I mean, I don't want anybody to think I'm saying this team's got loaded loaded talent and, and that it, with a better coach they could be going to a Final Four or anything like that. But I like the pieces on this team. I wish they had more experience. Uh, I wish they had better shooting. But the personnel on this group is not why you lost to Wesleyan. It's not why you lost to Chattanooga. And it's not why you nearly lost and probably should have lost to UMBC. All right, 502-571-7900. Let's go back to the phone lines if you want to join us. Uh, we do have some open lines now, but Jerry's been waiting patiently. Jerry, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, Nick. Um, give you a little background on myself just a little bit, and then I've called this show many times, and you might have heard this before. I'm, I'm 63 years old. I've been a Louisville fan for 51 years. So I've seen a lot of basketball. I love basketball. I, I watch a lot. I always did as a kid. And I want to give you uh, three programs to note that, that scares me a little bit that um, and with, with where we're going down with UofL, okay? Um, they're all city urban-based universities, and they've all had past success. I'll start with DePaul. In, in the late 70s, early 80s, you had Mark Aguirre, Dallas Comagees, all those guys, top-rated picks, et cetera, et cetera. They've, they, were, they were forever in the top ten. Many times, one year they went number one all season and got beat in the tournament like in the first or second round. They were always in the top 25 in the late 70s, early 80s. They had top draft picks. They had a Hall of Fame coach in Ray Meyer, but they succeeded him with an alumnus, Joey Meyer, his son, and that was the downfall to that program. They held on to him too long. The other night at a game, DePaul had 931 people at their game. Okay? I'll go to Georgetown real quick. National championships, final four, top draft picks with Patrick Ewing. What they do, eventually they gave it to John Thompson, Jr., he did okay, but the program slipped. They turned it over to, yet again, another alumnus, which was Patrick Ewing. And you saw what, saw what happened to it. It's in the tank. Okay, uh, the, the last one I'll bring up is Houston, another city school. Elvin Hayes played against Lou Alcindor. The game was the most highly attended in, in the history. At that point in 1969, the Houston Astrome, over 50,000 people, blah, blah, blah. You go forward to Fislam Ajama. They should have won the national championship. They didn't. What did they do? They succeeded uh, a coach with Clyde Drexler. All of them succeeded with alumnus. Uh, the only one that's came back now is Houston. Uh, take my hat off to Kelvin Sampson. Hell of a coach. Hell of a coach. Um, and he has brought them back. But but the I can remember days when we played Houston on the road and they would have a thousand people in the stands. And I always remember. Man, that is sad, you know, and yet here we are, and we have a lot of similarities to all these programs, and it's one of those things is, you know, I, I've, I've said this before on, on, the, on the airwaves. I've written Josh Hurd now four times, okay, and one of the things I said that's been a common theme through two of the four emails is don't let this turn into DePaul. And then when they had 931 the other night, I emailed him back and I said, "Hey, there was 931 people at DePaul's game last." Does he night. does he write you back? Just curious. No, never, yeah. never, and I don't ask him to. Sure, I, I understand. Really yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he but, should write every fan back. I was just curious. But I, I I vote with my voice right now on the airwaves. I vote. I vote every time I discuss basketball with people because I'm passionate about it, and I you know and and I vote with my emails to him whether he reads them or not. You know. Uh, I heard Jeff Brom say the other day that he did indeed 
you know, look at social media, see it. He knows what the people are talking and saying and wanting. And so that is why I pound the drum. I had a guy at work the other day say, why do you care? Why do you do this? I said, because they're listening deep down. I really believe they're listening. Uh, somebody's listening, like a, a past caller said. Yeah. I'll give you another program, one more, that's a little different than ours, but yet has gone through some of the same struggles. But as far as a fan base, they're probably more in line with us, is Indiana. You know, Indiana's gone through this a little bit. I mean, not to the low that we are right now, but they've had some bad seasons, sure, you know? Sure, So all, all I'm saying in this whole thing is, is this. I don't know when to pull the plug. The plug has to be pulled. Either January, uh, end of the season, now is good. I, I don't care. But it's got to be done because don't take your fan base and your fans for granted because there's other places to go, other places to spend your money places. And if you leave them lingering out there too long, they'll disappear. They won't come back. You know, and it's a concern to me. Like I said, I look at these three programs, very similar to us, and here we are, you know. So I appreciate okay. your time, brother. Jerry, I appreciate the call. Really, really uh, informative stuff there, and, and we don't typically keep callers on for, for that long. But Jerry, was he was rolling. He had facts and, and um, you know, the comparisons he made. You know, I've thought about that. I mean, I – I think we got a long way to go to where we would be a DePaul or even a Georgetown um, or even Houston. And I got to be honest with you, I think one of the factors there in in why again, trust me, this this may sound like I'm defending Louisville to where they'll never be in this position and like we shouldn't overreact. But let me give you some specifics in regards to and I'm not just talking to Jerry, I'm talking to everybody. All three of those schools he mentioned, you know what they have in common? They're in big markets, and he mentioned you know urban or urban cities, that kind of stuff. But you know what else? All those cities have multiple professional teams that, when you're bad, quickly DePaul fans are checking out to cheer for somebody else. The Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs, the White Sox, Georgetown's in D.C. They've got every professional sport you would want. Houston, I mean, they've got all the professional sports you would want. So again, I, I just think. There's not a basketball equip. There's nothing Louisville fans can just say, okay, well, I guess they're letting me down so long that I'm... I mean, again, I guess they could check out and not go to games, which people clearly aren't now. But I think to get to the level of where those programs have been when they're at the very bottom, I just... To me, I can't, even, I can't ever envision that. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I just have a hard time seeing that happen because I don't think that L would ever let their program be what those programs became because they're aware of how important it is. And maybe fans back in the day, right, when there wasn't the internet and there wasn't social media, and all you could do is call shows like this when you're a DePaul fan and you're upset that they suck and they just keep giving the job to an in-house guy, a player, former player, former coach, family member, whatever. Like, you know, but I just, you know, I don't see a scenario where Louisville would ever just, you know, because this sounds like such a, you know, this sounds like such a, I don't know how to describe it, but the, the best way to for me to I guess express sort of how I just I'm convinced that they're gonna make a change at some point is that there's no scenario where anybody over there with any say so in the athletic department. Obviously Josh Hurd is is the guy, but of course he's got the board and the president that he works for, but you know, he's he's got a good team over there. It's not just Josh, but he is the guy in charge. He's the guy who hired um Kenny Payne. There's no scenario any of them. Let's just say they got together and had a meeting with the the athletics board, Eula board, and Josh, and they were just discussing the program. 
I know that there are people on the EULA board that some people claim shouldn't be because they didn't graduate from UofL or whatever. Although I do think the athletics board is a little different than the actual school board, but whatever. I just can't imagine anybody sitting in a room discussing the state of Louisville basketball right now and thinking aloud, yeah, let's keep doing this. This will work out eventually. Like, I, 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 There's no way that's possible. So they know. I think they'll make a change, but I don't know if it's now or if it's at the end of the year. And look, here's what's crazy. I mean, if they do start winning, to me, you know, I still, I go back to this. I said this last year, and it wasn't some kind of a formulated opinion that I'd been sitting on that I couldn't wait to share. It kind of just came to me when I was yapping about this awful basketball team last year. If you are a program of Louisville's caliber and you feel very confident that the guy you have running your program is not somebody that really has the ceiling of being one of the elite programs with, with, with him being the coach, what are you doing? Now, I don't think that, you know, I mean, obviously they weren't going to just fire Kenny after one game when they felt the season was low, but, you know, winning would make it to where people aren't as vocal about their displeasure, but I just don't have a lot of faith they're going to keep winning because here's what happens, and it happened to this team last year. The, da- the damage was done when they lost to Wesleyan. And damage was done last year, which is crazy, though, because all those guys, for the most part, are gone, right? There's a few of them back. But, like, it's now in your head. You know you are. And it's it's unfortunate for these players. You know, I know they got to take accountability, too. But these players know that Louisville basketball is one of, if not the biggest jokes in college basketball right now. And that weighs on you, right? So I think when adversity does hit, you find yourself in a close game with, I don't know, Coppin State, Arkansas State, Aztec, whoever you're probably going to be, you know, not so confident and probably just kind of crumble like they have under Kenny Payne since day one. So, um, yeah, good stuff from Jerry. I don't, I mean, I know why he's saying all that because, you know, we're so bad now. You know, if this if, if, if this was sustainable, meaning like where Louisville was just going to keep this guy here coaching the program when you're a joke, yeah, you would turn into that. I just have the belief that UofL, the administration, would never let that happen, but only time will tell. All right, quick break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get back to your phone calls coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour, but I do want to talk a little uh, football coming up here on the other side. So stick with us. It is Coffee and Company, and we are fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. That's right. It's Coffee and Company rolling along here on a Monday afternoon. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Certainly appreciate it. Uh, I've, I've got a couple of tickets I'm going to give away to the Governor's Cup game. And I will tell you guys, at the five, as soon as we start the 5 o'clock hour, I will tell you what you can do to... Uh, to uh, to be entered to uh, to be the winner of two tickets to the Governor's Cup, but let's so the college football world has um, has been on one as of late, right? We've got I mean the Michigan situation is just insane, and of course on Friday we heard the news that Jim Harbaugh has been suspended, would not be able to coach in the final three regular season games, and Michigan did not need uh, their head coach to to handle Penn State. I mean they won that game. And really looked like they were the better team from start to finish. And I'm sure by now a lot of you have heard about the uh, the connection here that uh, Sharon Moore, who was the 
interim head coach, at least he's acting as the head coach right now, which actually, he's it's weird. He's not really acting as the interim head coach. He's just coaching in games because Harbaugh is allowed to be around the program. He's allowed to practice, but he's not allowed to coach in games. So I don't know what Sharon Moore is doing as far as like the actual role, but he is he's a former Louisville staffer. Uh, he uh, originally from Kansas, played his football at Oklahoma and uh, was here working under uh, Charlie Strong, and was here. He was actually on the uh, he was on the staff here that won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, he became the tight ends coach, I think, in his last two years here. Then went on to Central Michigan, um, and then has been at Michigan since 2018. Uh, his lovely wife is from right here in Louisville. I know a lot of pe- we have she and I have a lot of mutual friends. So uh, I'm a fan of Sharon Moore. I don't know him personally by any means, but you know he's somebody that used to be here, and uh, he certainly seemed to do what was needed as the head coach in that game. But afterwards, his emotion and the reaction, uh, it got a lot of attention, as you could expect. He was, you know, he was emotional, really emotional. And I guess that was a really long-winded I love you, but but like I just, I, I can't understand how Michigan continues to paint themselves as a victim in this entire thing. And I don't want to be, you know, super serious about it because I guess I don't really care, but like even Harbaugh today saying that that Michigan should be America's team. I can't tell if he's just that delusional in regards to self-awareness or if he's trolling us. I really don't know because like, you know, yeah, the players have gone through like distractions, but it's all at the hands of the guy that's leading them, Harbaugh. But here is um, here is a censored uh, clip from the post game celebration emotion from uh, Sean Moore or Sharon Moore. So. It's been a crazy 24 hours for your guys to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sharon, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. I love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president. So he goes on and on, and he did curse there, which is why I had to hit the dump real quick. But um, I get it. Like, he's emotional, and I'm, they really are dealing with stuff that is not normal for a program, right, to go through that. I mean, that's true. But at the end of the day, it, it it's it's not the player's fault necessarily. But, like, how are you going to, as a coach, paint Jim Harbaugh and yourself, meaning Jim Harbaugh, as as a as a victim here, when you clearly were involved in this and you were cheating, it's just like, you know, again, I don't want to get too like it's not like a huge deal as far as like it's not something that's going to keep me up at night. I'm not bothered by it, but like, how about you know acknowledging to your team that you know we did some things we shouldn't have done, and uh, you know we'll get better, we'll grow from it. So um, you know. That was a big talking point Saturday during the active day of college football. And then, of course, Harbaugh's comments have made their rounds, and it's become, I mean, I think I just saw something where Feinbaum teed off on Harbaugh for how you know ridiculous he sounded earlier today, claiming that everybody should be rallying around Michigan. I mean, he didn't say that. That wasn't the exact quote. I'm paraphrasing, but still, just, uh, you know, that was something. It was. All right, Jimbo Fisher was fired yesterday, and... I don't think that's like a huge surprise to people just because of the way that that things have been going for a and I think everybody knew this was a big year, and they're not much better at all. He hasn't beat a team with a winning record this year, and he's being paid a lot of money. So, you know, with that big price tag that he has, you would think that 
there would be a higher level of expectation because, hey, we're paying you an insane amount of money. One of the highest paid coaches in the sport. I mean, let's not be middle of the pack in the in the SEC at best. But I think what made people just think out loud, myself included, like, yeah, I get it, but man, they're gonna fire. They're gonna fire him, right? Look at what they owe him. So apparently, they are a school that does have the means to 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 pay this, and it's not going to be a big deal for them. I mean, if you haven't seen the Netflix docu series about Johnny Manziel, it's one of the untold uh, documentary documentaries that they did. Which, by the way, I think some of them have been even been better than some of the some of the great um, thirty for thirties out there, but. It was really eye-opening as far as how much money comes into Texas A&M and how much money they made on the Johnny Manziel era, and he didn't get any of it. But anyways, that's a story for a different day. So I guess it does make sense they can pay it. I don't think anybody could claim that Jimbo wouldn't doesn't deserve to be fired, but the money was always the potential, I guess, hurdle, but they don't care. And this is just insanity, which we'll see. Only time will tell. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think this could be one of those contracts that – Collectively, every athletic director, every administrator in high-level college athletics realizes, hey, these sports make a lot of money. A lot of money on the line here when it comes to TV deals, that kind of stuff. Every time we open up our stadium, you know, we're making millions of dollars. So therefore, the guy that's leading the program, we should pay him a lot. But the contracts and the stipulations about buyouts and all that, that's got to change, right? I mean, why, why can't it? I mean, how how do the co- I mean again? I know coaches. There are certain coaches out there that really have all the leverage. But to be fair, the amount of coaches who are irreplaceable, it's a very very small list. So the fact that Jimbo Fisher is going to make nineteen point four million dollars in sixty days, and one hundred and twenty days he's going to make seven point two million, and then from here on out, two thousand and twenty five through two thousand and thirty one, every year he will get an annual check worth $7.27 million not to work, to not do the job they paid him to do. It is insanity that that is still a contract that anybody would put ink on and sign. It's crazy. And they're not the only ones. They did give him the craziest contract ever when they did it, and they did it, I think, almost to be, almost kind of as like a flex in their mind because they wanted everybody to know uh, we want to win at a high level, so we're going to go take this coach who just won a national championship not that long ago at AM. And Florida State losing their coach for AM at that time was a head scratcher. So they're willing to pay, and I think that's what they wanted people to be aware of that, hey, we want to win, and we're going to pay what it takes to win because we are a proud program. We're not Texas, we're not Oklahoma, um, but we're now in the SEC and we want to compete at a high level. And it just didn't happen under Jim. Actually, it did. They finished, I think, in the top five or six in 2020, right at the time Mike Norvell looked like he was about to get fired. And then sure enough, here we are just a few years later, Jimbo's out and Mike Norvell has one of the best teams in the country. So, I mean, am I jealous? Yeah, I'd like to make $7.27 million every year for the next six years to not work. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's not the coach's fault. It's the universities that that agree to this. And of course, you got to keep in mind, like, because of the amount of coaches that have had some insane contract put together where they have a ridiculous buyout, which all of them have a buyout to an extent, but there's some buyouts that aren't ridiculous. I mean, it still sounds crazy to be paid you know, million to $2 million or, or more to, 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 to not work, but his is insane. And I just feel like other coaches getting these huge buyouts, like for example, if they fire Tom Allen after this year at Indiana, he's going to get $20 million not to work. So... 
they've controlled the market by more of these deals being signed to where it's just the going rate, I suppose. And I just don't understand why. Like, if a coach really is telling you that, like, I got to have this or I'm leaving, one day there'll be somebody that says, all right, see ya. (laughs) I mean, to think that, like, certain coaches can't be replaced. Now, you may have a transition period, but I just cannot wrap my head around that amount of money. It's crazy. $77 million going to one Jimbo Fisher from now until 2031 for him to not be employed, to not do anything, to just go away. It's crazy. All right, uh, we got to get it to a quick break in just a second, but I do want to go to the phone lines uh, before we hit the top of the hour here. Let's uh, go back to the phone lines. 502-571-7900 is the number. Let's welcome in Brian. Brian, you're on Sports Talk 790. What's up? Hey, Nick. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I've been going to UofL games for, I don't know, 30 years or so. Lived through the last couple of years with Denny Crum. And at that point, I, I just refused to go. So voted with my no-show. Um, and, but, you know, I remember arenas being full my whole life. Um, now, you could almost compare this a bit to what happened with football when people weren't showing up last year and years, you know, a few years before, and the stadium was basically empty. And you look at the stadium, Notre Dame, it's full. Or even the last few, uh, even last Thursday, which Thursday, you know, Louisville fans are notoriously finicky, so, but full. It was a good crowd. So what my question is, I'm wondering, what is it going to take? And I think maybe this is the way it needs to be looked at. You have to consider fans going or not going. There's no one going to the game. So what is it going to take, and who do we need to hire, and what's the speed of success that would get the arena full, 22,000 full, like we had for years when that thing was built and up until you know the debacle with Patino? It's a great so question. I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you. Thank I'll you. Listen. Thank Thanks. you, Brian. I appreciate that. That's a really, really good question. And um, I'm going to task my man, Hunter, who is uh, running the show today for the company, Man John. I'm going to task Hunter to remind me before we hit the first break in the next hour to comment on that, because I really do want to, because I think it's a really good point that Brian brought up. And and I don't, I'm not telling you that I have the answer right here in my back pocket, but I do think it could be a good conversation to have, but we do have to get to a break because it's almost five o'clock. But I promise you, um, it's, I mean, it's all on Hunter. The pressure is on Hunter to make sure I don't forget to get to that because it is a it's a good point that I want to make sure we uh, we spend some time on. So again, we got one hour left. I can't believe how quickly the show has gone, but of course, that's usually what happens on Mondays. And uh, we will uh, finish strong here in the third and final hour. So don't go anywhere. It's Coffee and Company. We are fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.